the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. .com. On uh, This is the second podcast of the week after we talked with Mike Giardi heavily uh, about Tom Brady earlier in the week. So we'll try to make this more Patriot-centric heading into the, I guess, real offseason. Um, I had a question I wanted to throw out there, maybe a jumping off point. Okay. What do you got? When we're talking about this Patriots like rebuild and this offseason, are are they going into it with the mind of being contenders in 2021? Or is this more of a longer rebuild and they're looking at it with a bigger scope? Um is it lame if I say both? <laughs> no, because it's I mean, I think that's what it'll be. I think there will be probably the do I think they're going to be relatively aggressive? Yes. But what, did Tom, what did Tom Curran say today? Like, uncharacteristically, extremely aggressive? Yeah, I don't really know what that means. I mean, they've done it in various ways over the years. You know, certainly 2006 to 07 was yep. aggressive. And I know that's a long time ago, but it's still Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and whatever. Well, I guess um, my question is, is, does aggressive mean, like, get the big names for 2021? or get the guys that, you know, may, like might pan out more towards 2023, 2024? Um, again, I think both. Like, I, we talked about it, I think, last week with Giardi, and I apologize to everybody. We don't have a big fancy guest like Mike Giardi this week. It's just Ryan and I again. Um, Maybe coming up later on. Oh, yeah. He was very excited to be on. He wants to come on again, right? He was. He was. It's kind of sad, actually. He just He's looking for somebody to talk to. I think, I think that's the case. He just doesn't want to talk to. He's been used to being on TV every day, and now he's not. So he's, right. he's bored. Just him and Joe the dog. Little Joe the dog, right? Yep. And, and from what I saw from Instagram, Joe the dog didn't want anything to do with him. He was trying to drag him out on a walk, and Joe just wanted to sleep. It's true. Um, so we, you know, we talked a little bit about the idea at the quarterback position. Would you rather have the veteran or, you know, what's the home run, the young guy, blah, blah, blah. So – I know everybody's all jazzed up, $60 million, and that could be, you know, a $20 million receiver and a $15 million tight end. And a, I don't know how likely any of that is. Like, that's – those are few and far between right? when they've done that. Like, because they have so many holes, this certainly to me feels more like, okay, $60 million, do I want three $20 million players or like whatever, four $15 million, or do I want – eight guys making seven million and that feels more like what they could do yeah or, or maybe there's 115 and then all the rest are the six the sevens the eights I just you know that that's where I would be really surprised if they had multiple like if they did Matthew Stafford Allen Robinson and Hunter Henry right because even you know if, I brought up 2007 you look at 2007 Adalis Thomas was the splash mm. in, in retrospect, that wasn't the one that worked out the best or anything like that. Then there was the value-based trade for Moss. Mm. There was a lower level Wes Welker type signing. He was right. a restricted free agent trade. Then you had Dante Stallworth, Kyle Brady, Kelly Washington. Um, I don't know. Was that Sammy Morris's? Like those were those mid-level veteran additions. Like they were names, like you knew them. 
but I don't know that you said, holy crap, they signed whatever. It, when it all came together and then Welker and Moss took off, then it all looked like a really massive offseason. So if I had to kind of predict, is there one guy they target? Probably. Probably some guy that's on the higher end. I don't know if that's wide receiver, tight end, pass rusher, linebacker. Like I saw Giardi. Our buddy Giardi was, you know, Matt Milano is a free agent with Buffalo. Like that's a good player. Mm-hmm. That's not a superstar. You're not paying $20 million a year. But there's a lot of interesting in the market. So my gut tells me they feel like they probably need, you know, six or eight veteran impact can add to the yeah. roster type players more so than two or three really elites. Mm-hmm. Which if you do that, you're hoping, A, you got to, if they all work out, say they're a home run. Then, okay, that's a quick, that's a quick rebuild. That's, right. you know, 2021 might be in the cards. If only three or four of them work out, well, now you've also added another draft class. Last year's draft class grows. Now maybe you're saying, well, we're laying the foundation, but maybe it's going to be another offseason away. So I don't have a definitive answer on that, but I would say that I think it'll be aggressive, but in a value-based way, not in a, I'm just going to, you know, whatever the price tag is, I need an Allen Robinson and a Hunter Henry. No, how you get in the list, how you filling out the rest of your roster. If there is that one guy that makes, you know, the $15 million, $20 million guy, what position do you think that would actually be at? Well, I don't think it's receiver and tight end. I don't. Um, like defensive front surprise me, whether it's a pass rusher, whether it's, there's a guy I'll tell you that is probably the com- most the biggest combination enticing and scary, and that would be Leonard Williams, the defensive lineman, Jets former Jets yep. top whatever three pick went yep. to the Giants. Would scare the hell out of me that he had this breakout free agency year. Certainly feels like a guy who said, "Oh, I I need to worry about playing well so I can get a contract get paid." Well, what's he going to be after you pay him? I don't know, but that's a dominant front seven plus everything. So a guy like that would not stun me, would not stun me at all. I get the sense, like from a PR perspective, fans would hate that. Like fans, and I know Belichick doesn't look at that, but like, don't you think more than ever this off season, he kind of has to have that in mind or will have that in mind? Um, I don't think he will. I don't, he, you could argue maybe he should or he shouldn't. Like that's a totally different debate. I don't think he will. I think he will do what he thinks is right for the football team. Now that doesn't mean Robert doesn't say, Hey, what, you know, what plan we got any, we're going to sign anybody I can put on the tickets, anybody that I can put on a couple posters or, you know, might add. What what did did Bill say like a couple of years ago that press conference has to worry about the marketing department. Right. And you know, who doesn't about the marketing department teams that go, you know, 13 and three and win Super Bowls. You know who has to worry about the marketing department? The like six teams that miss the playoffs go seven and nine and have to worry about having another missed seven and nine. Yeah, that's when the if you win, no one asks questions. No one cares. It's it's all's good in the world. Tickets will sell themselves and sponsorships deals will go down. You start losing, you got to start thinking about marketing. You got to start thinking about other things that losing franchises have meetings about. And he's not there yet. One season does not down that road fully. So I would say no. I, I don't think he has 
you know, we need a sexy this. We need a, we need a, you know, Allen Robinson is a guy they can order, you know, 10,000 jerseys for, put them in the pro shop and sell them. I don't think he, I'm down that road yet now. All right. Um, Stafford, has your opinion changed them at all? Um, no, I like, again, I get back to if these guys want to win, why would the Patriots be anywhere near the top of their list? Well, it doesn't matter what Stafford, what Stafford thinks. Like, he, the Lions can trade him here if they want to. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think he, he told them he wants to win and he wants out of Detroit. And he talked to the old lady who owns the team. Do we think she's going to be like, yeah, hug him and stab him in the back like it's freaking Gladiator? Well, going to the Patriots isn't like the worst place in the world. Well, they're seven and nine. They have no receivers, no tight ends, and we don't know how good their future is. Well, How's that better than Detroit? Well, because you could say we, we have all this money and we're going to give you Allen Robinson. Like, then you could sort of sell him on it. I guess, but, Ma- I mean, Matthew Stafford, first of all, there's, there is a, a window of opportunity to look at Matthew Stafford in different ways. Yep. He can throw the ball. He was a number one pick. He can throw right. the ball. No question. He's never won a damn thing. Nope, not a winner. Never won a playoff game. I don't, I don't think he does more with less. I don't think he makes everybody better and is like a winner or this. I, so I don't think he – like he, he wants to go somewhere with talent to win. I think there's going to be teams that would, A, probably be willing to give up as much or more than the Patriots mm-hmm. and fulfill his criteria, right? So, like, if I'm the Lions and the Colts are offering a one and the Patriots are offering a one and the 49ers are offering a one, well, I don't have to force him to go to New England. Right. I can, I can say, well, actually, oh, well, you know what? If it Colts, if you throw in a fifth, cause your first round pick is lower than the Patriots, you give me a one and a five or a whatever. Okay. Do the deal. Like, mm-hmm. and then he goes to someplace he might be more comfortable, think they have a better chance to win. I don't know. I just, it seems a little bit weird to me that all the, the Patriots are not an attractive spot right now. I, you know, and I'm not just going on Rex Ryan. Oh, they, you know, nobody came to play for Bill Belichick. They came to play with Tom Brady. But nobody came – nobody is coming to play f- with Jacoby Myers, are they? Nah. Demir Bird, Nikhil Harry, Devin Asiasi. Like, right. what's the draw? Belichick. And is that a draw still? Yeah. For, uh, not as much as it was. I think it's a draw for some. Like, you have to be oh. the type. There was this whole theory like, going like around. Like Adrian Phillips. I think Belichick was a draw for him. Yes, and I would say that's a different thing with a defensive mastermind, versatile defensive guy. But there was this whole theory going around. Or I don't know who promoted it. It might have been Bedard, somebody, late in the year that Bill had to keep playing Cam because Cam still has cachet in the league, and he needs Cam to basically give him a letter of recommendation. Well, does Tom Brady not have the ability to give letters of recommendation? Does Tom right. Bra- like, doesn't Tom Brady wanting out of New England, and I'm guessing people realize he wanted out of New England, wouldn't that have a little impact on superstar or star quarterbacks wanting into New England? Like, if I'm Matthew Stafford, wouldn't I say, well, Brady worked there for 18 years, and then he, he just couldn't do it anymore. He wanted out. What's it going to be like for me? Right. With less weapons and all these other issues, as well as adjusting to Bill. And I just, I wonder how people would look at that. Like, yes, I know they're the Patriots, and Cam Newton said it. Cam was all in on the Patriot aura and remember that he put the logo on and he got goosebumps and driving into Gillette. He got goosebumps. 
maybe that still has a thing. And maybe Bill is still that draw. Maybe Josh McDaniels is a draw. Like that story. Remember the story about Justin Herbert at the Combine was like yep. excited to meet Josh or whatever. Yep. Okay. Maybe, maybe Josh has a draw. Maybe he's seen by some in the know offensive players as an attraction, or, or something that would lure you to New England. Or, or maybe they look at it and say, well, Brady left. He kept winning. You stopped winning. And then I kind of looked because I was reading how he complained he didn't have any weapons and you really don't have any weapons. Like, I don't know. It could be a tough sell for some guys. Well, one that wouldn't be a tough sell, at least in my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo. He would be made, be made available. Um, yes. I, I'm guessing he would want to come back. I think – I mean, the fact that Bill would come back, like, even for your legacy, like, you're the guy that Bill loved. He traded you away and, you know, he set you free and then he brought you back because he loved you so much. Like, that's an ego boost to have Bill feel that way about you. Right. And made money. He certainly has made his money. So, yeah, I, but again, he might want to come back, but what's he coming back to? What's the rest of the plan? What's around him? And I don't know. I could see that being ugly. And even Giardi, who loves him more than anybody, says if you bring Jimmy back, you better have somebody like a backup else ready to go because he never plays. Yep. The other thing, I, I don't know who brought this up. I, I don't remember. But, like, the fact that Bill would want Jimmy more than any other guy – because it kind of softens the Brady blow. Like Bill can say, like, this was my guy. Like I knew he was the guy all along. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like basically for Bill to like deal with the Brady break up all that, he would either need Stidham or um, Garoppolo to be the next guy. Okay. So you know how we always do these things. We compare them to relationships and marriages. Yep. So he was married to Brady. Yep. He flirted with slash cheated on Brady with Garoppolo. Brady found out, made, made him never speak to Garoppolo again, except then he said, you know what? I can't do this. There's too much doubt. We're divorcing. And he goes, well, if we're divorced now, I can go back with the mistress that started this whole problem in the first place. Okay. I guess. I kind of see it. Kind of. Um, yeah. I, but the issue to me has to get down to, and maybe he still feels this way. Does he still think Garoppolo is legit that good that he's the guy? I think that he realizes that he can win with him. Like, I don't think he's the guy that can make guys around him better. But right. But the issue, like the issue with Brady for Bill in part, other stuff, Diva, whatever, but it started basically with age. He was becoming a late 30s quarterback, and Bill in his head is saying, he's starting to slow down. He didn't play as well the year before. He's getting old. That's the way it works. Well, if you're going to have sort of those big picture um, actuarial table type things, isn't Jimmy now just as uh, questionable as Brady was then, but based on injuries? He doesn't play. Yeah. That's, it's a fact. Yes. So at some point you have to say – it's a lemon. Like, you know, you buy a car, the lemon law, and like you fix one thing and you fix the next and you fix it. And then you say, this is just a lemon. This is a piece of crap. I got to get rid of it. But is it better off to take that chance if it's $10 million and not 20? Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo at, I don't think you get him for 10. Let's say 15 million a year. You're probably right. Uh, 10 is too Yeah. 15 million a year. And how did I get him? Did I sign him or did I trade for him? Could be either. Like, if you're okay, going to trade from, you're probably not, like, that's not going to cost you a lot. 
I think San Francisco could ask for a two. Certainly from you. They gave you a two. I'll give them back to you. I just want a two. Give me the two. Would you do that? So a two and 15 million? Yeah. Yeah. I would do I would. it too. Because I think there's upside. I still have my first round pick. If you look at it as right. I'm not paying any money. Right. He's filling the spot that Brady filled last year. The 13 people million. People talked about them picking a, a non-quarterback in the first round at 15 and then trying to get a quarterback in the second round. There's your quarterback. And I'd rather have Jimmy than the unknown of the second round rookie quarterback, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, I know that's what he was once upon a time, but you're rolling the dice there. You're hoping that the fifth best quarterback or maybe the sixth best quarterback at that point in the draft is a guy and he knows your system and he's been around the block in terms of, you know, the NFL and just he's a more polished or whatever option. And, and Brewski brought up the fact that like how hard it is to play here in New England and succeeding Brady and all that. And Garoppolo kind of has done that. Like that would help him in that regard. Uh, yeah. Now I would say Jimmy hasn't gotten the, like Jimmy hasn't lived what Cam lived a year ago. No, like that was a different beast. Yes. He was a fill in for four games. Like, yeah, he was good. And I thought he was really good that um, August and September dealing with everything, talking about it and sort of the weirdness. Remember he had the one controversial comment when Tom didn't practice and it's like, Tom's not out there. And it kind of got blowback and, who like he dealt- Jimmy said that or Bill said that? No, Jimmy said that. Jimmy said things go smoother when Tom's not out there. Um, and it got some blowback. It was criticism. It was like, oh, making a shot at Brady, or is it this? Or is it so? But if he goes down the cam road, not that he can't. I mean, it's a little different because no one's gonna say the guy can't throw the football. He physically can't th-. like we right. know Jimmy can throw the football. Right. Like, and I guess if he's injured no one would be talking to him until he came back kind of thing. But I just wonder, like, he's dealt with some of it. But again, he's been in San Francisco now, and they tried to replace him with Brady. Now there's the talk of replacing him again. And, like, so he's dealt with some of that. Right. And this is not on that same talk, but I don't think Jimmy and Shanahan are seeing eye to eye. Like, I think Shanahan views Jimmy as a guy that he can upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, he's gotten a little bit of a taste of his own medicine, where in New England, Brady thought Bill looked at Jimmy and said, ah, oh, I can do just as well or better or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not totally right. married to you long term. And right. now he's in San Francisco and he's realizing, well, Shanahan's not married to him long term. Right. And, but again, on some level, they all need to realize that. I mean, Tom probably didn't need to realize that. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. It's, he's in a different hierarchy. But, you know, I mocked it when... The first story came out about 49ers would be willing to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo if a better option becomes available. Well, no shit. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for the headline. 32 other teams with the same thought. Right. Like, I just – that annoyed me. But, yeah, I guess – I mean, we've talked about Jimmy's name has just bubbled up a lot with a lot of people. And Again, today, I'm going to blog it after we get off this call. Michael Marty. Kind of went down the same road again. Well, yeah, Lombardi has been leading the charge. Reese has been leading the charge, obviously. Well, and guys that – but also these guys that are leading the charge are guys you kind of look to as, like, they might be onto something. Yeah, the only problem – I'm always hesitant because you never know are these informed opinions or just 
outside opinions based on past information. Yeah. Like Lombardi would know Bill loves Jimmy, what yeah. he liked about Jimmy, why he like, so he would know that. I don't know how much they've talked about Jimmy in the last six months, eight months, right. you know, 12 months, whatever. So I'm always, but I am interested that everybody or, or a lot of these close tied in people have talked about Jimmy. Yep. All right. Um, switching gears a little bit. Senior Bowl is this week in Mobile, Alabama. Um, I think you said that funny. How'd you say I did. I said Mobile. It's Mobile. Okay. <laughs> I caught it. It's a mobile quarterback. It's Mobile, Alabama. Yes. Um, I told you the famous story. I read, a, I read a story online that was like some weird news service website, and I realized it had somehow been written by a computer. It was somehow written by like an AI. And one of the first giveaways was that the, the uh, byline or whatever said yeah. cellular Alabama because it had interpreted mobile as cellular, like the same thing, mobile phone, cellular phone. And then I read the rest and I'm like, oh yeah, there's one. Like a computer had written it somehow. Some AI had taken information and written a story, but you said mobile. It's mobile. It um, deal. A lot of, I think Jim Nagy was on. I was watching ESPNU. The, the practices were on today. Okay, uh, yeah. I watched didn't a little. See, I didn't, didn't see much. Like you really don't see much. Like I know these draft guys that are on site are trying to like say, this guy popped today. This guy looked great. How can you really tell? It's the same thing at training camp. Well, the – I know everybody was raving about the D3 center out of Wisconsin Whitewater with the big fat beer belly it looked yeah. like. Yeah. Because uh, he's like – basically sounds like he's got a little Logan Mankins edge to him yeah. where he's willing to, to slug it out in there. I know there was a couple receivers. South Dakota State receiver? I forget, but people were raving. I watched some of the highlights of him. He was absolutely toasting defensive backs in one-on-ones off the line. Uh, but, yeah, like if, if we were going to say anything – like, say we were going to write a feature story where you, me, and Fitzy picked a player from the Senior Bowl and wrote about it for next Monday. Let's just hypothetically say that. I'd be watching, and this is obvious, but so Mac Jones is supposedly, you know, uh, Mel Kuyper, he's, you know, he might see a little Tom Brady in him. Yeah. Well, at least Mac Jones, when he's at Alabama, he is the best coach with the best everything around him. He's got Devontae Smith. He had Waddle early in the year, all the talent. This is an opportunity to just see – how he commands a huddle, how he throws the ball to unfamiliar receivers. Like, does he make guys look better? Does, yeah. does it look off? You know, the, we talked about, remember the Kyle Trask, uh, his bowl game, yep. when, when Pitts and – Yeah, uh, nobody. All those guys Pitts, didn't play, yeah. And he was throwing pick after pick, and you're like, well, so now I wonder, A, I know you lost your receivers, and it's a change, but were you – Can you elevate making, the guys around you, yeah. Yeah. It's just – it's an opportunity for – Max jo Mac Jones to answer some of the you have all the talent in the world, best receivers on the planet kind of questions. Um, you know, there'll be some, I'm sure, some defensive guys, athletes that pop. Um, yeah. Obviously, you wrote the little blog today about Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin were two lower-level guys a year ago that popped and ended up – I think they both ended up being second-round picks. Jeremy Chin had a phenomenal rookie year. Mm. Kyle Duggar had a good rookie year. So there'll be some of those where you're like, Wow, that guy, that guy from that little school or wherever he's well, from. It's similar, it's similar to the Mac Jones comp, just in the opposite way. Like, right. were you held back? Did you look so good because of the competition you played stunk, or are you that good? So this right. is a good opportunity for that. And, you know, I know Rule, the, well, it's the, the Panthers coaching staff and the Dolphins. Yeah. So they, you know, as I was reading Rule's comments about just seeing 
how guys react to the week and tough coaching and you know how they fit and their personality and learning some of those things. Uh, so it's interesting. You know, we, we talked to, to Jim Nagy on uh, Mud at Night a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I said, does he think it's even more valuable this year? And he didn't go all in on that, but I do think it's more Kuiper valuable. Did. Kuiper did this week. Yeah, I think it's massive. I think of course it is. all the unknowns of pro days and no combine. The guys that didn't do well at the senior bowl in the past, basically their motto was, well, I'll get, I'll regroup at the combine. Right. Now you can't do that. And even the pro days are kind of like the numbers aren't like trusting, I guess. And like, right. yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think it's huge. And I mean, I guess some guys, if they, if they aren't good, I don't know that I would say, well, that guy stinks. I was, right. I was wrong. But if they do pop, that gives you reason to like dig a little deeper or find out, yeah, maybe I do like this guy more than I thought I liked this guy. I It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the game and then the reactions to performances and even, you know, all the stuff, as you mentioned, the practices going on all week and, and that information. Uh, the coaches are there, but I, I was watching the interview with Nagy um, said that they're in suites. So like, there's no chance to get, you know, uh, pictures of Belichick McDaniels on the sideline, you know, watching right. the action. So we assume they're there, but we don't, see for right. sure if they're there maybe we will in the coming days there'll be some shots but right now we don't know who's Hopefully there Jim McBride will tell us he's there I know for the globe um so two writers actually Nicole Yang's there as well they have two fucking writers at the senior bowl yes they do Jesus we're in a pandemic that's nice to have money just to throw around to just burn it holy Moses yes. that's amazing yep wow I mean, to be fair, they used to send like four people to the combine. Holy crap! Holy. Yep. But at least the combine. Well, yeah, I think the combine well, was a little. The bit. combine you can kind of justify because you get all the coaches talking, players talking, coaches and agents and connections yeah. at night. I yeah. I think there's a. I mean, I would in this day and age, I would still say that's probably too much with newspapers hemorrhaging money and finding ways to cut money and in dispute right. with i think the, aren't the globe in like a major contract negotiation yeah, i saw something on twitter like the they need support against henry or something i don't know yeah so i don't know whatever but yes i'll be watching the senior bowl i'll be intrigued um as we start i've, I've started on the big board by the way been working on the big board a little bit uh, well you go in position by position like what are you doing yeah, yeah I've, I've gone through and so i have you know i just do my excel spreadsheet where i put you know, basically all the draftable players at each position and start to rank them, not necessarily my ranks initially, but more, you know, an aggregation of three or four different websites where Who'd they go to uh, CBS sports has a decent site, the draft network. They're, yeah. They're pretty good. Like, I don't know how yeah. reputable they are, but like their site at least looks legit and seems. Well, the thing I like about them. And I, I actually go to that site a decent amount is they have, a number of different writers and especially for some of the top probably 100 players each of the writers writes a bio yeah like a, a rundown so yep. I can compare and then I start to get a feel for who I trust more because as I watch tape and do some reading and then I'm like oh yeah that guy was more right so the, he kind of goes up a step in my book but yeah they do a nice job and then I think I use another one draft tech um okay. has a decent rundown I still miss my old NFL draft scout, which they're kind of bringing back. I don't, I got to talk right. to Rob Brang about it. I'm not sure if he's affiliated anymore or not, but if you go to the website, it, it's sort of back working, but then when you click on the actual like 
2021 quarterbacks. That's not right there. Yeah. And it like bounces you to a, a basically a page to subscribe through some other thing. So I'm not sure because they were the best in terms yeah. of rankings, information, bios, everything. Round projections, like they had everything. Yeah. If they get back to what they were, I'm the cheapest bastard on the planet, but I would pay for it. I would definitely pay for it. Yeah. Oh, and I use um Dane Brugler for the athletic. He's he used good. to work with them and I um at NFL yeah, Draft. And the athletic scooped him up rightfully. So now he's doing a good job for them. Right. And he hasn't, I don't think he's done any position by position, but he's done like his top 100 and some of that stuff. So I use that, you know, yeah. oh, he's got, this is the third running RB3, RB4. And I start to slot that in. Um, and he does a really good draft guide, a downloadable PDF draft yeah. guide that come early April, maybe. I would highly recommend to any draft Knicks out there. Yeah, we got that last year. Oh, because he because he works for the athletics, so I could, I'm a subscriber of the athletics, so yeah. I got it. I, I yeah. downloaded it for the draft. I remember. Yeah, and yeah. After, I actually went to that after every pick from the Patriots and kind of yeah. saw what he wrote. Yeah, tremendous, tremendously yeah. good job. So yeah, but I've started to put together the big board. I'm through quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends. Just about done with wide receivers. So I'm starting to even just start to learn the names, and you know, I'm also you got to cross reference it with because some of these sites they haven't been quite updated and. Some guys that, back to school. Yeah, guys that didn't. There was a tight end from Wisconsin who was relatively highly thought of. He went back for his senior season. So you got to make sure you don't include him in the list. I'm just trying to get my feet wet. We've got a couple months, but I'm going to try, try and get my feet wet as early as possible. And, you know, mud at night. We're doing Wednesday. Oh, shoot. I wonder who we're talking to tonight. I was going to say, who's on tonight? Yeah, I'm not sure we have anybody. We may All take right. a week off from that trend. But, uh, yeah, so we're talking to those guys. I want to have as more, as much information as possible and get more comfortable names and players and rankings and values. So, yeah, I'm into that. I just talked. I, there was something I wanted to bring up, damn it. I was going to say, is there anything else you want to bring up before we get to the questions? I had some a very specific topic I wanted to bring up. Patriots related? Yeah. Patricia? No. We've Coaching? Patricia. No. Oh, you gotta write these things down. I really do. It this thing, whatever the opposite is of a steel trap, that's what this is. Or like text me or do something. Son of a. Well, it'll come to you. We can do it next week. Yeah. Or while we're going, these questions maybe. Yeah, you know me. I could always pop up. All right. Uh, first question from our old buddy Kevin Duffy. Hey, hi Kev. How are you? He's a uh, he's a listener. Nice. He loved, he loved our podcast with Giardi last week. Oh, everybody loves Giardi. Giardi. <laughs> they like, yeah, he liked the the, the hate that Jared, the line that Giardi had. Well, uh, Brady's changed since he got famous. Well, he has. Well, I liked that Giardi said, you know, he talked to some former teammates that Brady always wanted to be this. He always wanted to be a brand and a superstar and that kind of thing. And I find that interesting. Interesting. The whole, so it was all an act for like 10 years. The whole home gosh, me, I'm Tom Brady. Oh. I'm just one of the guys. No Jordan rules here. My ass. You've been flying back on a separate plane for like a decade. Uh, well, uh, this is – I'll come up again. But I just want to ask you, are you rooting for Brady in the Super Bowl? No, I'm not. I'm rooting against him. And people are very angry with me. Everybody's all over Twitter calling me an a-hole. Some guy said I have a little dick because of it. Like, everybody is just all over the place. God forbid. Am I not allowed to, to not root for him? Like, I don't understand that. I'm kind of rooting for him. Oh, you're such a homer dink. Why don't, don't you have a spine? But I don't care though. Like I'm rooting, but like if he if he loses, I'm not gonna be like, uh, like I'm not gonna freak out over it. Like I would like to see him win. Well, I'm not gonna freak out either way. I don't really care. 
Okay. I mean, there's a chance that I'll eat too much in the first half and miss the second half having diarrhea in the bathroom or something. Like, I don't get too many Super Bowls where I get to just enjoy it and kick back. Well, then, I don't even know if I can enjoy it this year. You can't have anybody over. We're still in a freaking pandemic. Right. Can't have a Super Bowl party. I had to order a freaking square online for a charity. You should do it, by the way. Megan O'Brien, our good friend. If anybody's interested, Megan O'Brien, uh, that might be her Twitter handle, Megan O'Brien, but she is uh, selling Megan Super Bowl sports. sports. Get it right. Oh, okay. Look that up. Megan OB Sports. Megan OB Sports on Twitter. She is, uh, some of you may know her from Patriots.com. I used to work with her. She's selling Super Bowl squares for a charity. So uh, I believe it's like 20 bucks and 10 goes to the charity and 10 goes to the square pool. So if anybody's looking for Super Bowl squares, contact her on Twitter and I'm sure she'll hook you up through Venmo. All right. Uh, Kevin's question. Am I crazy for thinking the Rams might attach a pick with Goff in a trade, kind of like Houston and Osweiler a few years ago? Any interest if you're the Pats? No, no interest. Absolutely no interest. in Jared Goff, I hate him. Like, I just – he just screams like loser, soft loser. And I know he almost won, and he's yeah. – it's not fair. I don't know him. I don't know him at all. But I just look at him, and he does not ooze winner or leader or the guy I want standing in front of my team or my huddle. I don't – I am just not a Jared Goff guy. No I'm thanks. not either. I don't, no thanks. Even if it was like short, cheap money, I still don't think I would do it. No, it isn't though. No, he I know. hasn't started his extension yet. True. Like, and this is the second time I believe they've done that. Well, I think if if they're doing that, like the money wouldn't be the issue. Like if you're attaching a kind of like the Ostwire thing, like wasn't didn't that money kind of like? No, the the reason you're attaching a pick is because the other team is eating up the cap money. True. That's what the that's what the Browns did. That's what right. that's what Tennessee, I believe, did the first when uh, Tannehill first arrived. There was some hanky panky there in that mm-hmm. not hanky panky, but no, I know you're saying that. that that's, um, what was, that's what I was thinking. Right. I believe I'd have to double check. I'm uh, I believe I'm citing crapsheet here, so it could be very very wrong. But I believe he said the the actual extension portion of Goff's contract hasn't kicked in yet. It starts now. He's uncuttable and he is tradable. There's like a hundred and ten million guaranteed or something, and I just no. If that's the case. There's no chance. You want to make Patriots fans even more angry? Give a hundred million dollars to Jared Choking Dog Golf, or even just say like he's your guy at quarterback. Like bleep that, yeah. bleep that altogether. Yeah, they Fitzy was. They asked Fitzy about it today, and he said that uh, he'd he'd rather wear a Jets jersey than have Jared Goff as the Patriots quarterback. I don't know. I'd wear a Jets jersey. No reaction. I'd wear a Jets jersey. Why not? I got a Steelers jersey. Got a Rashard Mendenhall jersey. All right. Uh, sports guy. Hey, sports guy. How are you? Over the last four years, Bill has not done his role well. 17 doesn't give value for get value for Jimmy. Benches Malcolm Butler. 18 almost traded Gronk. No wide receivers. 19 no tight end and bad wide receivers. 20 no quarterback. No wide receiver. Bad coaching games. Excuse me. What makes you think Bill can turn this team around? Because I think you picked all the negative. Right. I think he now there's negatives. Don't don't get me wrong. I want to be clear here. There are significant well, negatives they, of late. They won a Super Bowl in one of these years, so. I would say they won a Super Bowl with a team that wasn't very good. Right. That was not a very good football team that he helped win a Super Bowl, not just him, 
Brady and Gronk were huge, made huge plays to win that Super Bowl. But I think Belichick got them there, helped them get there. Okay. I think this year you could have easily been a three or a four win team. He yeah, got that's you up the thing that seven. people are, are kind of like in the whole Bill Brady debate. He went seven nine. Well, he could have gone like worse than that. Yeah, easily. I think most coaches would have. Yes. I think most coaches, it might have fought. The wheels might have fallen off. It could have gotten ugly. Even like during like the COVID time, like that could have been a big negative turning point for a team that year where Bill kind of used it the opposite. Correct. So yes, ever like a lot of the, the, the pot shots people are taking at Bill are true. There's some issues. He has not been great, but I think you're glossing over the things that he's done well in recent years. Yes. And you know, this year may be a good draft too. Like we may look back at this year's draft and say, hmm, Duggar, hmm, I see, I see. Again, remember when we talked about the the touchdown in the finale and, and yeah, I said like, something? that's a lasting memory. That's a positive lasting memory. And you say, oh, he had that personal issue. He had no training camp. You know, Asiashi flashed late in the year. Maybe I, if he could. He had, he had Cam Newton as his quarterback. Maybe if he had right. Yeah. So all of a sudden you could turn a bad drafting record into he got Kyle Duggar, centerpiece of his defense. He got a starting caliber tight end. He got a starting caliber to very good offensive lineman. And let's say Uche and Jennings pan out. Right. Or, or just just good. Like, don't, don't, aren't superstars, aren't even like right. whatever. Let's just say one's a starter and one's a rotational guy. Yep. That's five guys that are like significant contributors from one draft. That's right. a good draft. And that's why you can't evaluate these drafts after year one. You got to wait two and three years. Now, if Devin Asiasi once again makes one play next year, and what's his name? Rambo doesn't do crap. Yeah. And then maybe uh, uh, on when you gets fat and looks like he's out of shape, yeah. and Duggar is like just a guy, like just okay. Like Eugene Wilson was a guy, played safety for them. I, I can remember vividly having discussions with like at Patriots.com after one year, like, talking about ascending talents and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, he looks like you could be a pro bowl slash more than that talent. And then he plateaued and he never was. So yeah, we, we both, we we have to pump the brakes positively and negatively. Uh, This is from queso. Is there, is there a concern that a quote decent quarterback will be signed this off season and the Patriots are stuck in a permanent 500 club where they can't draft elite quarterbacks, but are good enough to be contenders. That sounds like a column that Ryan Hannibal wrote, I don't know, November, December. Yeah. NFL purgatory. Yeah. NFL purgatory. Yes, that is a possibility. That's yeah. very much a possibility. Yes. And that almost might be worse than anything else. Well, it's like I said to – I think this came up in the last podcast. From In the last seven drafts, only one quarterback has been taken in 15 to 20. Yeah, I cited that the other day. I brought that up on the, on the radio, Dale and Keith, I think. Appreciate it. It is interesting. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, and it makes sense yeah oh no it definitely makes sense but it is interesting now there's no saying you can't get from 15 to 12 or whatever right. if you want to get whatever the fourth guy is trey lance or something um but yes i would say the word it's it's like this year nothing happened you no. did nothing you you didn't advance other than the books sorry bill you reset your books that was a goal you told us that was a goal you went all in for six years and now you had to reset all that but you didn't have like a young rookie quarterback that was developing. You didn't have nope. a rookie wide receiver that was developing. No. Nope. Yeah. Nothing. So, and if you keep doing that, and I'm not saying there'll be nothing because every NFL team has something that's 
a positive. Yeah, but like there was Damian Harris, like you know. right. But but that's what I mean. Like you could, you know, every year there'll be a couple, a Jacoby Myers, a right. Damian Harris, or a Kyle Duggar, and then the next year one of them gets hurt and one of them doesn't advance any, and you're like, okay. And then a couple guys, new guys, come in and they're kind of okay, but it's it's my uh, what's the Celtics guy? Al Harrington? No, yep. Al Jefferson. Sorry, Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson was like a 2010 NBA player wherever he went, and none of his teams were any good. Like, somebody's going to score points, somebody's going to have rebounds, and some of those guys are – like, you could – you know, the um, – John Bostick. I see him on the Redskins defense. He was a guy that was with the Patriots for a cup of coffee. It's like, he's had a nice career as just a, you know, 100-tackle-a-year guy. He's never going to be Luke Keekley or any yeah. – you know, a guy that's built a defense around. Every team is going to have somebody who has a lot of tackles, somebody who has a lot of catches, somebody who has a lot of throws. Like, doesn't mean you're good or advancing the future of your team. Uh, Johnny McDonald says, is there any chance Belichick doesn't see the same issues that we all do, lack of talent, playmakers, et cetera, and thinks that the formula of last couple of years is still the way to go rather than investing in the roster? Um, I don't know what that's asking. This that, is where I got into a little fight today because I retweeted some dumbass Dove Cliveman or whatever. I don't even know who he is. Oh, but yeah, I don't like that guy either. He, he had a clip about, you know, Brady would still be – I think it was from first take. You know, if they'd invested in the roster, Brady'd still be there. And I said, yeah, if only they had drafted a first-round wide receiver, tra- uh, signed a Hall of Fame diva wide receiver, and traded for a solid veteran wide receiver. If Oh, oh wait, they did do that. Like – so I don't know what this question is asking. Do you, do you want him to still continue to, you know, draft a left tackle in the first round, a running back in the first round, a wide receiver in the first round? You know, like they've tried things. The, the execution has not been good. The right. effort has been fine. But I don't believe Bill has looked at it and said, oh, no, we're fine. I don't need to invest well, in any talent. And like last offseason, they had no money to spend. So he couldn't go out and get the talent. Right. So that was a little bit different. But now they have the money. Now they have the draft picks. And, no, I firmly believe Bill is well aware that this roster needs a serious turnover injection of talent, young talent, um, maybe some star talent, and then some veteran talent. And I keep coming back to your point that you brought up recently, like the conversation with Nick Saban that he's probably going to have this week or whenever that is about him talking about offense now being the thing. I think that could resonate more with Bill and maybe make more of a splash on offense where we've seen the big contracts go to defense. And I would also, in that vein, speed. Speed. I think Bill has often uh, valued size and strength in those things over speed. At some point, he needs to start valuing straight-out speed. Nikhil Harry, yep, he's big. That's great. Contested catches. He breaks tackles. Is he fast enough to play in the modern NFL? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And, you know, maybe more shots at, you know, Scotty Miller thinks he can freaking outrun Tyreek Hill. I don't know, but he's fast. You know, Andy Isabella, a couple of years ago, I was like, that guy's getting drafted how high? Mm-hmm. I think other teams have prioritized speed more than the Patriots have prioritized pure speed Correct. in recent years. And I think Bill might not just offense and value and receivers and all that, speed bill your team needs speed uh this isn't a question but i i have one i was i don't know how i even thought about this i thought about the other day do you think um steve belichick's defense is better than matt patricia's uh like would you say that steve belichick is a better defensive coordinator than matt patricia 
Not necessarily. Not no. necessarily. Like, I think last year they had a really talented defense and it against bad competition and it came together nicely. They had athletes, they had versatility, they had depth, they had a number one corner. And I think but, Steve wrote that. I don't know. Patricia's defense has had some star players too. No, no, no. I'm not, but I just think both of them, personally, I think both of them are, are probably mediocre. Um, I don't think either has this like overwhelming scheme where you say it's, it's, it's a system. It's a, you know, or, or an aggression or a, well, like, it's, it's Bill's system that was built a long time ago. They ebb and flow. And I know Flores was more aggressive than Patricia. There's more blitzing and some of that. That's how I look at it. Like the last couple of years has been more aggressive. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought that Patricia's defense against the Seahawks, that defense over the second half of that season with Revis and Browner and those guys, I thought was really good. Really, really freaking good. So, yeah, it's weird. He had a great corner. He had, like, the makings of a good defense, and he had a good defense. So, same thing. I don't necessarily fault Steve for this year's drop-off. Better competition and worse talent. You had no linebackers. You had no defensive line. I don't think your secondary played up to its you lost, resume. You lost your two, two of your leaders and high yeah, like, Yeah, I don't blame Steve Belichick for the step back they took this year. Like to me, that was as much about talent and circumstances than than anything else. Yep. Um, can I interject? Sure. Because what came to me was there you go. Um, my guy Dante Scarnecchia. I listened to probably three quarters of the Pats from the past podcast. I listened to uh, 15 minutes. Um, I love Scar. Like, the more I listen to him, I just – and maybe I'm just whatever, a schoolgirl super fan for him. Like, I can hate on Brady, but I love Scar. Okay, I'm not going to try to explain what I like. The heart wants what the heart wants. The heart likes what the heart likes. The heart likes Scar. I thought it was really interesting just to hear him yeah, it's, but it's, I think it's a genuine thing. Yeah, I, I do too. And, you know, him taught it. I would urge people to go listen to it. It's an interesting series. I've listened to a couple of them. I didn't know they had that many. I think his is numbered like yeah, I know. 20 or something. Like I, I kind of thought the same thing. I said, did I, where did I miss all these? Because I, I think I listened to maybe the first one or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's done by Matt Smith of Patriots, Craft Sports Productions, sort of yeah. my former boss. Um, Brian Morey, one of my former bosses there who now runs the museum. And they just do interviews with, with retired players, coaches. Like, wasn't Jarvis Green after Dante? Yep, Jarvis Green. I mean, there's been Kevin Falk. There's been a million um, that they've done. But Scar, just listening to him talk about, you know, the system, and he always simplifies it so much. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you, I personally, me, I don't, like, I can see why everybody loves him. Every player – Loved him, feared him, respected him, would go to battle for him. Right. You know, when he was talking about – he was talking about Russ Hochstein in that Super Bowl where Warren Sapp called him out, and then Hochstein went out and had a great game against Chris Jenkins. And, like, he was looking back at Steve Neal mm-hmm. um, and, and, and when they got Steve Neal. And he said Steve Neal's workout was the, the, maybe the best workout he's ever seen in his – whatever, 40 years of, of anybody, college player, pro player, anything. He said he was clueless, but the athletic workout was as impressed. And they started him on the defensive line and it sucked and they were about to give up on him. Bill was about to end. I guess Scar kind of said, or they kind of like, well, let's, let's take him on the offensive side. Let's see what we can do. And he admits 
he had doubts. Like it wasn't like this, oh my God, epiphany, he's got it, he's great. But like just hearing him tell those stories about, oh, and he really emphasized a lot of the, you know, it's great to have an athletic left tackle, but you can get by. Matt Light, he went down all the Matt Light, wasn't really that great, but yep. you know, you got what you got out of him and short arms are fine. And I, I would urge anyone who's a, I mean, if they're listening to us right now, they're kind of a niche super fan for the Patriots. Agreed. Check out Pat's from the past over at Patriots.com. All right. Last question. It's from uh, F-U-A-D. How would you even say that? F-U-A-D. Fwad. Wasn't there a kicker? Fwad Revez or Fraud? I don't know. F-U-A-D. If the Pats remain the same next season talent-wise and record, do you think Robert Kraft will have it? Will start thinking of change considering the success he's had to see Brady have? Yes. Do I think he'll do anything? No. Do I think he'd even necessarily voice it? No. But do I think he'd think about it in his head somewhere? Yes, I very much do. Of course. If you have this long success and you have three years of not doing anything, of course. And he's a businessman. Right. Like, I think as a businessman in business. Now, I've never run my own business, but I don't think you go for long um, just like losing money or, or spinning your wheels and say, oh, I'm sure it'll turn around at some point. Right. Or like, we did this 15 years ago and it was great. Like, no, I think people that do that are out of business quickly. Like right. you got to survive. If you're, if you're blockbuster video, you got to see the writing on the wall and say, hey, how can we uh, tweak things? Feels like we're going to be phased out soon. Right. And so I think Robert would definitely say, yeah, say they're five and 11, six and 10, no Justin Herbert or, or momentum at quarterback, a roster where there's still holes. Then you start to say, okay, Bill's 69. He's about to turn 70. That's old in the NFL for coaches, GMs. I'm not saying he's ready to can him. And I'm not saying he's on the Tom Brady senior hot seat all the way. But I think as a businessman, Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft would be thinking, we got to be ready. We need to maybe start doing some planning, some lists of who's yep. next, how we want to do this. Because two losing years could snowball into four like nothing. And right. now you're at the bottom of the league. Uh, just while we were talking on that topic, we haven't heard Robert Kraft in how long? Like I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that there was no like – you're even just like an exclusive with like Reese or Karen – like Robert Kraft said nothing about the 2020 season. And I'm fine with that actually. Um, now we've never, I've never really lived through this and you haven't really in a professional sense. And like, you know why we hear from Robert a lot? Cause they're in the playoffs. They're going to the Super Bowl. He's like, you he's know what I mean? Like, press conference. He's yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, well, like, I don't know. I look at other teams and I know like, obviously like um, Jerry Jones is not a good example, but like other owners do talk. Well, yeah, Jerry Jones, not a good example, but does Shad Khan do a end of season press conference every year? Or does he speak three times a well, year? Well, he speaks a lot because they're hiring new coaches often. Well, yeah, but I mean, just in I general. I know. Like, um, I'm like trying to the think Roonies, of Do the Roonies talk a lot, even when they don't make the playoffs or they're bumped early? Right. Or, um, I don't know, like, I just, I don't know. I, and what's he going to say? Like, what do you, what would you be looking for? Is Belichick on the hot seat? Like No, but just like, I don't know. Are you disappointed the way the year turned out? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with like the Red Sox, and they're always complaining that John Henry doesn't talk. Well, it's kind of the same thing with Robert Kraft. Yeah, I don't – I'm not big on – I don't 
maybe I'm different. Maybe I don't really give a rat's ass what the owner says. Like I'm more interested in the GM or whoever actually makes the decisions. That's Bill. That's it's, but it's different with the Patriots because Bill is that guy too. Right. You know what I mean, like there's no like there's no one that oversees Bill. Robert's one that really oversees Bill, so you kind of want to hear from him more. I guess, but like your Red Sox example, we hear from uh, Cora all the time. Yep. Or will soon, but like we've heard from him. You hear from the manager. Well, you hear from Sam Kennedy like every two days. Sam Kennedy all the time. Hyam Bloom relatively often, often enough. Why do I need to hear from the owner? Like if he's paying these guys to run the team, unless he's a meddlesome owner, these are the guys that are enacting their plans and their philosophies on the team. So yeah, I don't, I mean, would it be great? Sure. Like we'd blog it. We'd write it. I'm sure I'd write a column off of it. He'll say something. That's great. But, you know, I don't know that I need it necessarily. Now it is again weird because there's only one voice. Like you look at other teams. Yeah. You get the coach, Robert Sala, and then you get Joe Douglas, the GM. So you have multiple voices, like authoritative answers. It's just Bill and Bill doesn't answer. That's the other aspect. I don't know. It's a long way. It's too early. I'm not prepared to talk about it. Like, right. Okay, so who can I ask and when can I ask? That kind of thing. Right. It's frustrating, that's, I guess. That's that's kind of where I look at it. It's like there's no one that Bill – Bill only answers to Robert. And so, like, normally after a bad year, like if a coach had a bad year, you would ask the GM about the coach's performance. You can't do that here. Right. So right. That's, that's, that's why I thought it'd be good to get him. But you're right. What would, what would Robert really say? Yeah. You know, I've learned over my 20 years and he'll tell some story and I'll like, okay, great. You didn't say anything. Right. So and I, I don't expect you to say anything. I don't expect you to say, Bill's got one more year. He either get it done this year or he's out. Like, right. what do you expect him to say? He'll give you a politically correct answers, a funny story, uh, whatever. And we'll all move on and say, yeah, well, I guess we didn't need that. All right. Uh, I think that's it for this week. No, it's not. Cause we're, we're going to restart. Jeez. What are we we had off-season podcasts. You come up with a random-ass question oh, every, every podcast that we go in just a random question direction for 30 seconds or a minute. Okay, Put me on the spot here. Well, all right, you, you brought something up uh, about the Super Bowl and watch it. So what's your ideal menu for the Super Bowl? Ooh, ideal menu. I mean, obviously, I got buffalo wings and I got good nachos. Okay. Good, good nachos. Not just like chips and salsa. Those are hard to find. They are. Well, and it's different too while well, you're home. So like you're making them on your own. But I'm just talking like a restaurant. Good nachos are hard to find. They are. And they're also hard. I've had them at places and you're like, oh, these are really good. And then you go back again and it's not the same the next time. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell happened? Like, I, right. I, um, see, I have a sneaky thing that I like that a lot of people don't like. Um, yeah. A, I like, you got to layer properly. I can't just have all the stuff on top. And then when I get over that, I got a thing of cheese. I, I agree. Which is why I like queso or fake cheese or liquid cheese drizzled on some of the lower layers. Mm -hmm. And then the real thick, good, like, I don't know if it's mozzarella or American, the real melted on cheese top. on top. Yep. Because sometimes if they put the real cheese on the bottom, it doesn't melt as well. And it's like a weird consistency. Um, but yeah, I need good nachos. I need good wings, preferably a couple different kinds, a wet and a dry, like a wet buffalo, but maybe like a dry. I'm with you. I, I, the multiple wings flavors is kind of a must. Yes. Um, ranch I, or blue I mean, cheese? Oh, uh, blue cheese. Jesus. Ooh, ranch all day. I, I'm not surprised. That fits your simpleton, youthful, whatever, like 
mac and cheese palate. Yep. Blue cheese is too too complex for you, too adult for you. Okay. Um, a simple light beer, Miller Lite, just Miller Lite, because I'm going to be drinking a bunch, eating a bunch. I don't need any heavy. Right. You're right. That, that's an underrated thought. Like, no, you don't need to hike, like, IPAs. Like, you're right. Nope. Nope. Just nice Miller Lite, a light beer. And then I like pizza. I'm kind of simple where I would like a good pizza. Um, I don't want, because I'm going to fill up on a lot of the wings and the, the nachos. So it's not like I'd say, and then I want a good filet mignon at halftime. Right. No, I just want... So probably a halftime delivery of a buffalo chicken pizza, bacon pizza, and maybe a froofy fancy pizza like a cheeseburger or a taco. I like those pulled pork, something like yeah. that. Okay. Dessert? You a dessert guy for Super Bowl? Uh, no. Well, it would be something simple. I'm, I was just saying, to have like a box of cookies, like just not something that you can just grab. Yeah, like one of those BJ's party platters that has like brownies and cookies or a big fan of, and they don't really have them anywhere anymore. Because my mother-in-law used to bring them to every freaking like family gathering is the little bite-sized brownies, yep. but with frosting on top. They still sell the bite-sized brownies everywhere. BJ's has them, Shaw's has them, everybody has them, but not too many people frost them anymore. And those are unreal how good they are because they're like poppers. You just throw them in and it's frosting and brownie. So that would be a good addition to the, uh, to the end. And then um, good soft toilet paper and some wipes because I'm going to need them. Well, this was, it was a week early to do that that uh, little thing, but it was good. Maybe you can use that next week with Mutt for your draft. Uh, maybe. Super Bowl food draft. Yeah. That's an idea because the beverages, maybe. Throw, throw out there. You can listen tonight. We'll be drafting greatest winners in team sports for our draft tonight. Obviously, in light of Thomas Edward Brady okay. as part of it. Um, I believe the criteria, the only criteria, it's the four major sports, yep. and you have to have won at least one title. So, so like Jeter? Jeter, Jordan, LeBron, yep. uh, Bill Russell. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it would be Gretzky or Messier and All some right. Hickey guys. Right. That's good. I got to look up because isn't um, – I forget who – one of the Yankees has a boatload. From Brian like, Rivera? Well, no, the earlier Yankees. Oh. Yankee Berra, maybe? Uh, I want to say he won, like, some ridiculous number of rings. So I got to do a little research because, you know, I have a streak to keep here. Mutt blows as a drafter. I kick his ass every week. He even admits it sometimes. Yes, he admits it, whether it's presidents or food or movies, music, sports. I absolutely kick his ass, and uh, I want to keep that streak going. All right, we, we thought this would be a short podcast. It's turned into a pretty long podcast, but that's good. And we got to go because I got a dishwasher to install. All right. We'll let you go. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Probably we'll do one next week, probably just previewing the Super Bowl. Yep. Unless, unless something else happens, but because you never know. You never know. Bill Belichick's involved. You just never know. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.